it's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Today is one we have all been waiting for. It's day one of the 43rd Ryder Cup. The morning matches are complete, and we're into the afternoon showdowns. We've waited three years, and thankfully, our wait is over. We will be talking live to Whistling Straits and certainly have some fun of our own. Time to roll, Wade, and let's go USA. said it right there we're gonna win big and i am heavy on the u.s this week you know a lot of media has been down being that europe has won four of the last five seven of the last nine 12 of the last 17 Ryder cups but you know what i've been all over the u.s this week on social media uh pga.com wrote a great article and we'll get into that in a second about why the u.s is going to reverse the curse that we faced for the last 20 years and uh, get it done this weekend in the Ryder Cup. And, man, I tell you, I was up early this morning, Wade. Okay. And, uh, you know, they, they teed off at 7.05 Central Time out on Lake Michigan. I mean, what do you think that was like? You know, you think it was a little cold? I would think it's a little bit chilly, Lake Michigan, this time of year, for sure. Yeah. It's a little chilly yeah. this, uh, in the East Coast here. Those guys are probably saying to themselves, we couldn't have done this in Florida. Right, yeah. for sure. And they'd <laughs> be right to say that. It's it's quite the setting out there where they are hosting at Whistling Straits, the 43rd Ryder Cup matches. And, uh, you know, it's been a long wait because it's supposed to be a biennial match. And now it's, uh, I guess you call it a triennial match yeah. because we had to wait an extra year. Not the first time we've done that. We did that with 9-11 as well. But this time, uh, due to COVID, we had to push it back a year to get fans there. And, uh, you know, the PGA of America, ha- you know, my brethren, they have done it right. I mean, the place is just specked out awesome. It's uh, it's 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 really a cool event. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier that it's Friday, not only because we have our show and I get to see you, my good friend, but because the amount of talk that has taken this place, mm-hmm. uh, taken place yeah, this yeah, week. Yeah. It's like it's like before the Super Bowl. Oh, could you it's imagine? enough already. Play the game. Could you imagine if there was three years to wait for the Super <laughs> oh, Bowl? Right. It's all right. A week is too much. Oh, a week is too much. I don't know. But you know what? It, what I really love is it seems like on a weekly basis that these guys aren't always all that nervous till maybe like the last nine holes on Sunday. And these guys will be nervous from the first tee shot. And you could see it this morning. I, you know, I was watching Colin Morikawa tee off and he had this, you know, here's a guy who's won two majors mm. in the last year, um, a bunch of stuff, you know, number one in Ryder Cup points. And he took this big inhale and exhale as he was going to hit the opening tee shot, you know, amongst Like, I think they have 10,000 people around the first tee. I mean, it's like a stadium effect. It's really cool. And, I, you know, I was just I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, what's the most nervous I've ever been in my life? You know, so I I throw that question to you. What's the most nervous you've ever been? Most nervous, not scared, just nervous, just nervous, not life. Yeah, because it's a golf match. So sure. Nothing's going to happen to Colin. But like, I'm going to guess there was probably some uh, police lights involved. (laughs) <laughs> you know, cherries behind you and uh, maybe not the best time. Not maybe maybe not necessarily me driving, but just, you know, not not the uh, not the ideal scenario. Yeah. Well, you know what? You you have a uh, a varied history, don't you? 
it's uh, sorted is what you could sorted? say okay. at times. Fair enough. Of it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm, I'm going to say the deep breath there was to get himself psyched up. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that wasn't nerves. Ooh. You're just resetting yourself. You know, I'm a little. Okay, let's do this. I love the reset you just did right there. Thank you. I love where your head's at. You're you know what? I mean, I tell you, it's just a perfect partnership. And speaking of a great partnership this afternoon, we have a very cool interview coming live, as I mentioned in the opening, from Whistling Straits out there in Kohler, Wisconsin. Chantel McCabe, formerly of the Golf Channel, and now she's a host on Sirius XM. She works for the USGA. She's done a bunch of major championship stuff this year. And She's going to give us a live report from that first oh, nice, tee this morning nice, nice. and uh, this afternoon. What's going on? I I know she's walking the grounds and she's working for Sirius, so she's going to spend a couple minutes with us, and that's going to be tons of fun because, you know, I I hope that we can hear her because I imagine that the crowds that are surrounding all of what's going on out there, you know, like forty thousand people a day, and there's only four matches going on. That's a lot of people sure. on four holes. It's festive, you know. Well, yeah, festive. Yes, extremely festive. Yes, I'm dressed festive today. I have my Mike Ruzioni jersey on. So, yeah. yes, I am I am ready, locked and loaded for a full weekend of us taking the cup back. There is no doubt about that. You know, it, it reminds me of the first time I went to the Ryder Cup, which was back in 1999, which was in Brookline, Massachusetts, or right there up in Boston. The famous one where Justin Leonard made the putt on the 17th hole. But I was working at a sister club to the country club at that time called Brayburn right across town. And a bunch of the guys that worked at TCC uh, were friends of mine. And I had a, had a great friend, Jay, who was um, an assistant superintendent. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he was taking me around in a cart that Sunday during the singles matches. And we could bomb from like match to match because he had this maintenance cart. <laughs> and we were flying around as if like, you know, we, did, we needed lanyards and we were and we were <laughs> yeah, and we were important. But I tell you, man. The fervor that existed that day, and it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, a lot of people go back to 1991 at Kiowa that that was a big Ryder Cup match, and there was a lot of emotion. But then they, things kind of, you know, they kind of, you know, went back to normal for a couple of years. But in 1999, the pitch was high. I mean, the 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 emotional passion that existed in that match was was really high the american team coming in was very very good tiger duvall phil i mean all the names you know the european team had a couple of unknowns and they had that huge lead and then ben crenshaw comes out saturday night and says i got a feeling about this and he starts waving his finger and i you know i always think about that and then i i was out there that next day and i mean it was just the, the most unbelievable sporting event i think emotionally I've ever attended. Wow. I mean, it says a lot. It was really, really cool. I, I get, I mean, there's so many cool stories like being about 30 feet away from Leonard making that putt was just, you know, probably one of the highlights of, of golf that I've ever seen. But I used to live about a mile and a half from Brookline over in Brighton, right by uh, Boston college. Okay. Right, right, right in off campus housing at Boston college. And certainly it's Sunday night. I'm off Monday in the golf business and we are going to celebrate. Yes. Because, I mean, it's a huge, huge comeback. So we've got everybody and we we had grabbed a couple of things from the course. Okay. That they didn't need anymore after Sunday. Yeah, a couple souvenirs. And uh, which paled in comparison to this story. But, um, (laughs) you know, a lot of people made a big deal about the Boston crowds and everything and how wild it was. Right. I mean, it was wild. It was a wild scene. You know, it was like, you know the Bruins playing the Canadians or the Patriots versus the Jets 
all in like one big match. Sure, you know, I mean, it, it was it was pretty great to experience um, as a young lad back in those days. So we get to the bar that night. And we're celebrating with all of our buddies, and you know, everyone's singing. You know, you know, Bruce Springsteen or uh, you know, a little Sweet Caroline or whatever. You know, we're having a good time. A little Neil Diamond America. You gotta love it. You know, and uh, next thing you know, people are yelling. They're like, "Hey, everybody, come on outside! Come on outside!" So we go outside. And there's a couple guys all dressed like in American garb driving golf carts from the golf course that they had stolen. Oh, my God. It was it was. uh, And I'm I'm like, yeah, that's not good. I mean, they they had to drive on roads. Sure. Through Boston. um, They were kind of busy. I mean, taking a divot or a tee is one thing (laughs) or a sign. Right. (laughs) The golf cart. These guys had golf carts. They had. Everything that they could grab. Wow. It was unbelievable. I was like, well, I mean, that's that, that goes back to your earlier conversation about flashing lights. Sure. Right? And these guys, they parked the carts right on um, Beacon Street right there and right there on the, the old sea uh, line there of the uh, the trolley, the the T that they call it up there in Boston. They parked the carts right there. They took the key out of the cart as if somebody else was going to take it. <laughs> Right, and drive it further down Beacon Street, and then they walked into the bar and hang out. Oh man, unbelievable! That's times. kind of legendary. Uh, it was. I mean, these guys. I mean, it. Um, I mean, Weak, of course, can't condone those actions, but you know, in no way, shape, or form no. was I condoning any of that. I Time was, and context, though. That's they're kind of legends. Yeah, I mean, we watch a lot of movies and stuff where there's things that we don't condone, but we still no, watch them. Absolutely. I, I just figured I was like, I was kind of like a. I wouldn't get caught doing maybe. Uh, 75% of the things in Animal House. However, I laugh every time I see it. You know what? I think that's twice in two weeks we've <laughs> referenced three or four. Zero point. That's right. That's zero. Right. Now, but you know what? Um, it's the fervor that was felt this morning out there on the first tee was pretty cool. And all week, it's been kind of driving me nuts that the media has been all over Team USA. And I, I just think from the start, from jump, that USA is going to win. And forget about the paper, all right? I'm enough with the world rankings and everything. World rankings are based on stroke play, not match play, okay? And Ian Poulter doesn't become a legend in the Ryder Cup because he's the top 50th golfer in the world, right? And he's got like six wins to his credit, you know? At the end of the day, he's great at match play. And I think that this new generation, and that's my point here, the oldest guy on our team, Wade, is DJ, and he's 37, that's it. So everyone on the team is born between him and Colin Morikawa, who's the youngest, who happened to be partners this morning, right? So you're talking between 1984 and 1997, because Colin's 24. That also just happens to be the age range, if you're into this generational sort of talk, right? Let's pretend you and I have a PhD in something important, We'd okay? Have to pretend. Right? <laughs> totally. That's the millennial generation, all right? Tiger Woods. Phil Mickelson, you and I, Generation Xers, we aren't walking through that door anymore. Right. Okay? These guys are all part of the same generation, and they're going to help us flip the switch. And here's the reason why. It's not going to be because they are the best players in the world, which they are. But they're going to be able to handle the pressure because the characteristics of their generation, and this is what I went to in depth on PGA.com, and everybody's loving it, and the response to it was great because it's not just why will the U.S. win because they're better. We're going to win because we think differently than we have forever. And when you hear these characteristics, you'll say, well, that sounds a lot like what the European team's been doing to us for like two decades. And you're right. It is, right? So here's some characteristics, right, of 
the millennial generation, okay. right? They're tech savvy. They're very family centric. They're achievement oriented. They're also team oriented. Yep. Right. They they crave attention and they love to do a little skill swapping, a little job hopping. Mm-hmm. OK. Right. Well, let's get into it. The Ryder Cup has a lot of formats and a lot going on. I want people that are looking for different types of jobs. I don't want to retire in the same place after 40 years. Well, they certainly don't. And our Ryder Cup team has to be flexible. You talk about being team oriented, right? Being family centric. Well, they need to build a family. They always talk about team year. It makes me nauseous. They're like, they come out with all this content. Oh, it's about being a legend. Oh, it's about being family. And oh, and they show castles and stuff like that. I mean, it just <laughs> drives me out of my mind, right? Give me a little Mount Rushmore. Give me a little, um, you know, born in the USA. That's right. And let's rock and roll this thing. Bring it. All right. They crave attention. Right. Well, you know, at the end of the day, you and I are Generation Xers. We are latchkey kids. Right. Our generation was defined by divorce and breakup. And we became very solitary. These kids are not solitary. Right. You know, they they all have a personality of wanting to be together. All those times we've seen JT and Jordan on spring break together celebrating on social media. They're very social. They're very connected to the crowd. So they don't fear the crowd. They kind of absorb the crowd and they use it as a superpower. So that's why I think when you start to look at, right, the challenge that presents this weekend and how the European team is about six years older than us, our average age is we have eight guys that are in their 20s and four in their 30s. That's pretty cool. Totally. Right. And even though Phil's there, he's just a vice captain. Right. Tiger's not there. I mean, he'll have a presence, but he's not there. And oddly enough, it's the Tiger generation that's going to win back the cup for us and is going to do something super, super special. But you know who else does something super special? That's our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. I knew you were going to say that. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. I tell you what, they're going to play this weekend as good as that transition was, my friend. You know it. You know, you tried to steal my thunder, but man, that thing was smooth as silk. Yeah. Folks, it's 3.15 p.m. here in New York. It's 2.15 when we get out to Kohler, Wisconsin in a moment. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with Chantel McCabe. He says I'm gonna win big. Choose not a life of imitation. Distant us into the reservation. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe Jenkins, team of me. His name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Deshaun, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. 
With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920. Our guest today is an interview specialist. She's got an amazing knack for asking quality questions in the heat of the moment. Well, today we'll be asking her some questions as she reports to us live from Kohler, Wisconsin. She's Chantel McCabe, radio host on SiriusXM's PGA Tour Network, and I'm certain we'll all be rocked by her perspective of the 43rd Ryder Cup. All right there, Wade. Appreciate that on the board. Welcoming our guest in, Chantel McCabe. Chantel, um, have you ever heard that song before? I certainly have. Not only was I named after a hurricane, which unfortunately did some pretty destructive damage through the state of Texas in 1989, how my parents came up with my name. Uh, of course, covering the Carolina hurricanes, basic, one of my first jobs out of school. Uh, that song is certainly always on the playlist wherever I go. I love it. I love it. Well, we love to welcome our guests and have some fun. And, uh, in an effort to give you a, a truly great welcome, uh, I know it's a day late, but happy birthday yesterday. Thank you. Yes. I mean, it is incredible to not just experience a Ryder Cup for the first time, uh, but I mean, to do it in this fashion, knowing it took so long to get to this point, three-year wait, uh, the anticipation building for not just months and months, years and years, and uh you know, I know there were some hiccups with the European travel, actually. I got a little uh, scoop yesterday that uh, the European side, with some of the paperwork they routinely have to fill out, COVID or not, uh, they submit it as a whole with all of the family, caddies, guests uh, that come over from Europe. And uh, some of them did not get their form formally accepted. And there was a little bit of a scare at one point earlier in the week uh, on their way over to the States. Like, how is this going to work out? And of course that stuff got smoothed over, which is why we didn't hear about it. It's why uh, plays underway. And uh, the wind out here, I got to tell you, it is something else because, you know, coming off of Lake Michigan, we're just beginning fall. Uh, this is, this is some really fun golf. Well, I tell you, when it comes to an, an amazing and huge event like this, there's always something, isn't it? I mean, we didn't even hear that story, but I bet you somebody lost some sleep over that or a job or something. Yeah, yeah. no. Well, we all know you can't always trust uh, government agencies to do things the most efficient way. So who knows what happened in the process and handling of that really important paperwork 
but uh, yeah, fortunate that there were no phone calls uh, exchanged between the higher ups to get things taken care of that, that seemed to be uh, smoothed out before it got too far. But yeah, uh, it's, it's really, really cool to be out here. And um, like I said, my first time I, I, I've covered plenty of big time golf tournaments, uh, been around the sports world, covered a world series, covered NFL playoff games and, there is nothing that competes with the emotional energy and the investment of fans at a Ryder Cup. What, what do you think amps it up so much? I mean, I know there's been an excessive amount of buildup. Forget the extra year, but just this week alone, uh, the media and everyone, all of us, radio, TV, talking about just these twelve individ- or these 24 individuals, 12 from each side. What do you think gets it to this, like— unbelievable fervor that we've at and we've reached this morning like say on the first tee that atmosphere was unbelievable they filled up all those stands in 12 minutes they said on tv i mean that's it's crazy what do you think gets us to this point with the Ryder cup now that you're out there and you're experiencing it from kohler i mean it's it's the question we always ask like how do you put into words what this match defines um and separates itself from everything else uh, it's funny because last night I was kind of perplexed thinking about the fact that uh, people are so critical of the United States team and we all know the record of uh, the unfavorable outcome for the United States over the last decade. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I haven't covered a President's Cup, but the U.S. squad has to show up every other year. Um, and the President's Cup, the Ryder Cup, uh, there's a lot of competition going on, but there is something regal. There is a regal feel about this tournament. And listen, it, it's not the oldest tournament. Uh, I have never been to an open championship, but I can imagine it has to be pretty similar where there's just an aura and something in the air. Um, and it sounds like, it sounds like voodoo or witchcraft. Like, Oh, there's something that you can't quite put your finger on, but there really is just a, a, an overcoming uh, feel to this tournament when you walk onto property and not for nothing, but the build out as well um, compared to any major I've been to the build out is exceeds anything I've seen by tenfold. So uh, just having flags everywhere, the United States flag, the European flag and the Ryder cup emblem, every inch of the golf course. I mean, those little things actually make you feel like, wow, this is, you know, there, there are plenty of tournaments that you can get to a couple of holes in the golf course far enough away from the clubhouse. And, you know, if you're not following one of the top 20 world, top 20 names in the world, you know, you might have more, you know, thinned out proud, but that's not the case here. It, it is just elevated in all ways you can possibly think of. You know, you bring it up there. You talk about kind of the setting and the atmosphere. When you first approached Whistling Straits, for this event, what was your first impression of the golf course? Forget the build out for a second, but what were you thinking of when you saw the golf course? Because you started the golf channel just after we had been there in 2015. So you haven't been to a major championship there and covered it yet. So this is your first time on the property. How cool is it? Yeah, it's, I actually, people thought I was crazy, but I was thinking of an analogy that you could put um, whistling straights to because you're, you're driving, approaching the property, and as you can imagine, it's all farm country in uh, rural Wisconsin, where you're seeing street after street, row after row of cornfields, silos, big, beautiful red barns, and 
it's a very special feel. Uh, and then you have this, I mean, incredible undulated pot bunker golf course hugging Lake Michigan. It, it, it will stop you in your tracks. And um, I, I said, it reminds me of going to the Grand Canyon for the first time when you see it in its majesty and its beauty. Um, you, you just, I mean, you take a picture in your mind and uh, it's something you save in the scrapbook memory forever because it really is that majestic. If you're just tuning in, that voice is Chantel McCabe. She's host of the LPGA show on Sirius XM PGA Tour Network, and she's out there in Kohler, Wisconsin at the 43rd Ryder Cup. Let's go a little deeper into the golf course. You've walked it. You've seen it. You've been around the Sirius XM team. You guys have been analyzing it for probably uh, too much time at this point, right? Um, what do you feel like are going to be the key holes? You know, we're watching at home, but as we kind of build into this and, and we're watching the afternoon matches right now, what do you feel like are going to play as the key holes? Is it the par threes, the par fives? Give us a little breakdown of what we should really kind of be looking for as what, what might turn out to be moments of the matches. Yeah, it's funny that uh, fifth hole is, is no walk in the park. And uh, I, I didn't get to intimately walk the holes with the players uh, since I was doing coverage from the tower. But uh, as it was described to me, if the wind picks up and is blowing the wrong direction, you're going to see some long irons that you typically wouldn't see a lot of players with since everybody bombs the ball now. Uh, it, it, listen, in foursomes, it is a total beast of a game. Um, doesn't matter how well you know your partner's game. We saw this morning uh, some offline shots of even the best two. The, the most excited group I was to watch was uh, JT and Jordan Spieth. And, you know, they know each other's game better than probably anybody uh, of the rest of the groups. And, you know, they're, they're in for it themselves. Uh, so I think when it comes to the wind direction, it doesn't necessarily matter what hole, but half of the holes, hugging Lake Michigan, where the wind can really make an impact, uh, we're going to see it pick up over the weekend. And that is going to be, of course, it's funny because this is the, the staged answer, I feel like almost every tournament depends what the wind does. But uh, when it's whipping off Lake Michigan like it was the last two days, uh, gusts of 30 miles per hour, I mean, guys are just going from one pot bunker to the other. <laughs> And this walk alone will wear you out, but uh, the mental side of that will take a beating. Now, Chantel, you and I have heard a lot from the media this week kind of favoring the European side, even though America was the betting favorites. Do you feel like Whistling Straits favors either side, or will Kerry Haig of the PGA of America set it up in such a way that will kind of help the U.S. as much as he can? You know, you're out there, you're kind of looking at it, you've looked at the way the guys there on the property have played the different holes and you know their games intimately so you know like kind of when you put it all together um will the golf course help one side or another yeah that's something that we've all talked about at nauseam because for the european team they pick venues that a lot of players are familiar with especially because they want to reward those that continue to play on the European tour, since that's, of course, how they, they choose most of their team. Um, but when it comes to whistling straights, a lot of people will say, you know, it's a Pete Dye design, Lynx style golf course. It's not really Lynx style because there's not a lot of rollout, um, but it just appears on, on the screen to be Lynx looking. So with the pot bunkers, um, with the undulation, of course, you know, we're, we're seeing some cliff drop-offs 
over Lake Michigan, that, of course, will remind people, I mean, you feel like you're in Ireland, especially with this fall weather that is already uh, extremely cold in the morning. But uh, to answer your question, when it comes to set up for the Americans and what advantage they can take, I thought it was interesting that Steve Stricker chose to start the day with foursomes. Um, that's something that the United States or whichever hosting team gets to determine. And he felt that was an advantage uh, for the United States. And I don't know if the numbers necessarily support that, but he certainly thought that was the case with this team uh, in 2021. Uh, but the other thing, whole location, this, this group is not necessarily entirely familiar. Um, you mentioned in 2015 when the PGA was played here. Um, so some guys have seen the golf course before, but let's face it, 2015, it's kind of out of your memory bank. Um, and players admit to that. Um, actually, Dustin Johnson, of course, uh, had more to say about this golf course. But uh, I think hole locations will be the biggest determining factor when it comes to how the U.S. can take advantage of home turf. You know, it seems like I've seen an endless amount of coverage this week. And you were the first person. And I love that insight because it is a Pete Dye golf course. And he's known for for creating target atmospheres, right? He He's very specific about where you need to hit the golf ball when you start to think of places like Sawgrass and some of the other ones that we have seen, PGA West, over the years in coverage. And, you know, no one's mentioned the fact, everyone says, oh, because it looks like it's on the Firth or Fourth or something like that, in, you know, with the, with the lake there and the wind and the fescue grasses. But I haven't been to Whistling Straits, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I bet you it is a very much a target golf course because that's Pete's way of doing it. And that would definitely favor our side, but no one has really brought that up. So that's a that's a really cool insight. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I hadn't heard that one. So um, kudos for that. Yeah. Because it, yeah, it, the greens too. I mean, uh, people are you know get really caught up in the numbers these days, and rightfully so because they do tell a story. But proximity is not going to be something you're really paying a lot of, t- of attention to, even though it is a target golf course. Just hitting greens here due to all of the pot bunkers and uh, you can get some really awkward lies uh, for your second shot. And so greens and regulation will be, will be certainly a high priority. Yeah. I think with a thousand bunkers out there, you hit the nail on the head there for sure. I want to jump back to something you mentioned earlier. You said you covered a lot of sporting events, right? I know you covered the hurricanes. That's, you know, Stanley cup playoffs, all sorts of things. What do you think makes our cup that much more um, exciting when it comes down to it because the venue is always changing, the players are always changing. What is it that we attribute to this nationalistic fervor that that kind of exists? And, you know, it is tough for us to put into words, but you being out there and seeing the crowds, which is obviously a very U.S. biased crowd, but um, before we head into break here, I'm just, I'm just curious. I, I, I just... I, I find it so difficult to try to put all this together because we are all so hyped up for this thing. I mean, what had you most hyped up once you got out there this week? Uh, that's, I, I guess the media bias comes into this because just like the fans, well, certainly just like the players, everybody is just waiting to get the match going on Friday morning and, uh, so especially after an extended year, we were all especially chomping for the bit this year, chomping out the bit this year. But um, I think maybe it might it might be the fact that 
a lot of people aren't going to have the opportunity to go to an Olympics and I'm not, I've never been myself. So I can't say that this is at all in the same stratosphere, but what sporting event, whether that be the Super Bowl, uh, a Stanley cup final, a world series game, do you have such a vast group of people on the same side and not to get into a cultural war or politics right now, but um, I actually really value the fact that, there are, are so many people that can embrace the American flag, can be cheering for the same thing. I think that certainly separates it from all the other great sporting events that we certainly prioritize over here in the U.S. And for Europe, of course, they have their soccer. But, um, you know, they take this very, very serious. They, I mean, this event alone saved the European tour or so Seve Balesteros and many others thought. So uh, that historic feel, uh, that playing with a purpose in an entirely different way uh, for your country, I think is something that is beautiful and people really, really want to be a part of that. You know, I, I know we have to be careful with what we say sometimes, but I think you encapsulated that pretty cool. It, it's been a while since I've heard a really good USA chant, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way, which is why you said that. And this weekend, we're going to get a ton of those, and, and, and I just can't wait for it. You know, I, I, love I, I love it. I, I, I'm so happy I asked that question because um, that's twice now. You've gotten me really good there. You know, Pete Dye and, of course, the USA chants. Man, it's been so long. It seems like it's been years since we've heard a great USA chant and we've all come together. And I can't wait to see the U.S. team do it this weekend. Chantel, I have to take a quick break right here, but please hold on for just a couple of seconds if you can. We'll be back in a moment. All right. You got it. Up next, more with SiriusXM's Chantel McCabe. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Let's go USA. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team. All those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And watch exclusively on ESPN+. Today's interview is brought to you by Summit Golf Brands. Golf's coolest company offers everything you need to look great while you play your best. As the weather starts to turn, you have to be prepared for on and off the course. Take a look at the award-winning zero-restriction line of active and outerwear. Yes, ladies, they offer yoga pants and city windbreakers. The Urban Wind Jacket will have your friends asking where you got it. Guys, if you want that cool off-the-course look on the links, try the new Champ hoodie. It's a hybrid wind jacket with ultra-soft sleeves and lining. You can immediately tell Summit believes in creating products that people really want. Right now, Zero Restriction is offering an exclusive 25% off discount with code STUART25! So run, don't walk to that computer, and head to ZeroRestriction.com for all your cool golf and lifestyle gear needs. you got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. <laughs> I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? It's the pro show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Chantel McCabe. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. It's Ryder Cup weekend, and we are joined by one of golf's great young storytellers. I love her style, savvy, and candor. 
add it all up, and she's good as hell. Now let's head back out to Wisconsin to begin our back night of our conversation with Chantel. Wade, it's Friday afternoon. Let's go, USA. We're back. We're heading out to Wisconsin again. Chantel McCabe. You know what? In my opinion, pardon my French, but you are good as hell. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. I'm enjoying this. Great song choice. I thought you were going to go with something USA themed, but there's nothing wrong with that song. Well, you know, there's going to be plenty of uh, Sweet Caroline and Born in the USA this weekend. So I I went with something to uh, kind of put you in the mood and uh, get you fired up because... In the second half of our conversation, I want to talk a little bit more about what you're up to, because you are the host of the LPGA show. And tell me a little bit about that show, what you talk about, and when it's on SiriusXM. Yeah, it's it's been fun because, listen, I value the underdog more than anybody probably, but uh, when it comes to women's sports, it's not to me. I don't see it through the lens, and I'm not one of these people who's going to bash people over the head and try to shove women's sports into a conversation. I understand, you know, where we're at in this world where it comes, when it comes to making women's sports a priority and uh, the fact that in 2021, <laughs> uh, this is the only show that you can get weekly LPGA news, interviews, and stories uh, for an entire hour. Um, and I'm, I'm just, honored and excited to continue to tell some of the best stories that I've known about for a long time, but didn't really have the platform uh, or opportunity to be able to give proper credit where it's due to some really freaking good athletes. Well, it's super relevant to my listening audience because not this week, but the next two weeks, the LPGA is going to be here in New Jersey, uh, first in South Jersey at the shop, right? And then they're going to be up at Mountain Ridge for the Cognizant Founders Cup the week after. I mean, these are two big events in the New York City market, and the PGA Tour has kind of left us. Uh, I talked to Julie Tyson from them, you know, before the Northern Trust, and, you know, we're not on, New York's not on the schedule next year, but the LPGA is. So, you know, I I think people should get, if they want to go see a professional event, they should go grab some tickets. These are some good events coming up, and they have, like you said, some superior athletes there. Tell me, give me... If I was a New Jersey resident and I was listening to this and I was thinking about going out to Galloway or Mountain Ridge, why should I come out? Listen, uh, it's hard to argue uh, not going to see the number one player in the world, Nellie Korda. She has totally captivated fans. And uh, we were talking in the last segment about how cool it is to have uh, American chance on your side and that atmosphere standing out from a lot of other sporting events in the States. Uh, but having the number one player in the world uh, go to the Olympics, do what she did, have the year that she has had, I mean, she is leading in almost every single statistical category, and that's another cool thing that uh, the LPGA is doing, and I'd love to turn your fans on to, is this KPMG Women's Insights is showing, shedding light to the fact that a lot of these players are so precise. We were talking about target golf, Pete Dye designs. I mean, these players, they've never had the any stats to back up a lot of their playing and a lot of the things I hear when people, you know, the comments into the breath are, well, 
you know, they play from different tees, like love to see them compete with the men. And I mean, there's revisions in every, every sport to try to make it more interesting. I do hope that that happens with the LPGA in terms of course setup to make it uh, a little more exciting. Uh, you see that with shot clock and, and the arc and lacrosse, which I cover often and different rules make for better uh, playing and better viewing as a consumer. And so I think the LPGA is going to start doing that, but this, these stats are, are going to go a long way in showing how good these players are. Um, and they just started doing that this year because we don't have shot length in on the LPGA. That is uh, a very, very expensive uh, program that the PGA Tour has, and that's how we have short skin in this, that, these and those categories. Um, but one of the cool things that came out last week with uh, Jin Young Ko winning, the number two player in the world, um, it's crazy to me. She's the average proximity to the hole, 75 to 100 yards away, uh, 10 feet. So it is pretty incredible that those numbers now give a lot more perspective to how good these players are. Between the Corda sisters, um, between all of the the spoil of riches that we had, speaking of team play, the Solheim Cup, the breakout stars we saw there, and Madeline uh, Sagstrom and uh, Matt, uh, and Leona McGuire, right? Oh my God, Leona McGuire lights out, winning everything, and uh, she hasn't won on the LPGA tour yet. So there's there's a lot of a lot of good golf that's happening, and I'm I'm happy and grateful that uh, I had happened to fall into the perfect place at the perfect time to tell some of these stories. Well, you do a fantastic job. Remind me when the show is on. We are on Monday nights at 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, that's the perfect time. You know, after dinner, start of your week, and you can get a recap from the weekend. It's, you know, you kill two birds with one stone. I love it. You know, I I had seen the KPMG stats come out, and, you know, everyone's always talking about, oh, the number one putter in the world is uh, Jordan Spieth, or the greatest putter in the world at the Ryder Cup is Ian Poulter or whatever. But how about the stat about uh, describing in B park as a putter, how good she is. I mean, in B park is a special player. And uh, those of us who have gotten to see her up close, uh, her demeanor, it's, it's such a feel, you know, a lot of people try to overthink putting. Uh, We see my goodness. Phil Mickelson taking out a different putter almost every day of the week uh, last week. So it's, it's funny when it comes to putting and to your point of Jordan Spieth, taking the headlines when it comes to that uh envy is on a different planet and certainly when those numbers are heard and seen that i mean people appreciate it how can you not respect that we all we all can relate to putting distance we'll throw that out the window um but when it comes to putting everybody knows what that looks like and has an appreciation and respect for it i can't remember the exact numbers but on the pga tour from 10 to 15 feet the tour average is in the low 40 percentile folks in b park makes 65% of her putts, roughly two-thirds of her putts from 10 to 15 feet under tour conditions. It's ridiculous how good she is at putting. I mean, she she is literally, and that is the one skill, and I, and I love the way you put that, Chantel. And, and folks, if you're just joining us this afternoon, we have Chantel McCabe from SiriusXM PGA Tour Network. She's out at the Ryder Cup covering that. Uh, she does. She's covered major championships all year, and we have her perspective this afternoon, which is just perfect. And we're talking about LPGA and the stats and the quality of players that they have. NB Park makes two-thirds of her putts in the 10 to 15-foot range. It's crazy. When I saw that stat, it just blew my mind because putting is something you and I can both do. 
it's something we can both do and to do it under pressure uh, and different grass. That is especially important. I'd love to see the numbers when it comes to uh, how she plays on different greens. Uh, and, but to read the slope so perfectly well, because it's not just about the execution. There's a lot that goes into the read and uh, anybody who's played can certainly sympathize and relate to that. But uh, listen, you can drive for show and putt for dough. Uh, that is something that people try to debunk, but uh, hard to argue with 31 professional wins and more than 20 of those on the LPGA Tour. Well, my money's on her with the flat stick. That's for sure. I want to take this perspective you have on the LPGA and covering it every week and then putting it out over the audio waves. There is such a huge surge in golf right now. And, and that's not just all middle-aged men. There's a lot of women and children. There's a lot of diversity in the game now. But what concerns me, I'm a PGA professional, and I'm proud of what the PGA of America is doing this week in putting on the Ryder Cup, but I'd be more proud if we could engage and keep and keep this and sustain all of the women that have come into the game. So you are a woman that plays golf, right? What is it that we can do? Because I have a lot of PGA professionals that listen to this show. What is it we can do from your perspective to help sustain this surge? Yeah, I think a lot of people are trying to figure that out because you don't want to miss out on capitalizing on this wave. And for as sick and twisted as coronavirus has been, uh, it has certainly been a blessing in the golf world and uh, elevated our game to a place that probably we haven't seen before. Um, I've talked to a lot of people on their thoughts on this that are a lot smarter than me who can put together, you know, a strategy and a game plan and have all these numbers that they can reference to. Um, to me, I just think it, it's simplifying it. I, I was, I didn't really start playing until I got to golf channel and that's because I was intimidated, but it, it is with anything. It, you, you go to CrossFit for the first time, you join, uh, you know, a different class that you've never done working out it, there's you try a new restaurant you know there's questions hesitation um probably a restaurant's a bad example because who doesn't love to eat but anything that requires you to humble yourself um it's it, it's going to take time and to me i think the more we can emphasize some of these walking nine hole courses uh, a relaxed atmosphere on the range that is what's going to make a difference. That is something I, I would have appreciated and probably would have been a lot more accepting of uh, the game if I had if I had a taste of that earlier on in life. Well, while I, while I was running a golf club, my nickname was the director of fun. So you had me at hello yeah. there. You know, I, I'm I'm all about it. You know, I, I enjoy bringing new people into the game because they bring about a perspective. It's like having you on the show today and – you know, you have enlightened me on a couple of different topics, and uh, and I love that, and I and I think it's a lot of fun. Getting back to the Ryder Cup, though, who's going to be the MVP of Team America this week? Yeah, I I picked him yesterday. I think Scotty Scheffler, although he didn't play in the foursomes this morning, they you know sitting out all of the rookies is probably a safe bet, so they can experience. And even Steve Stricker said in one of his twenty press conferences this week, um, kind of having. <laughs> They've refused to sit out and just being there to experience not playing at the first tee can settle the nerves and get you into a rhythm. So you kind of live through it in a different way before you have to actually show up and hit a tee shot. Um, it's, I, I think 
Scotty Scheffler, though, is a different brand of these rookies. I mean, listen, you got major champions. They've got all kinds of uh, talent on the United States team. But I just have so much faith that maybe it's biased because I covered uh, Scotty Scheffler in his college days for the Longhorns. I think he's going to handle the moment really well. He is guy, a guy who's tough as nails. Uh, the fact that he got onto this team without even winning on the PGA Tour uh, says something about his game. And uh, he, he's just they, – they really don't make them like that anymore. He is an old school. He will intimidate you. He is so focused. And uh, I think this is a breakout week for him. Well, two things. One, I think he was chosen just to be with Bryson for a reason. And number two, if he can handle Bryson all weekend, he's my MVP for sure. So um, I, I love Daniel Berger and the vibe that he's letting out. I would not let any loved ones near Daniel Berger in the way that I've seen him act this whole week. That guy looks like he's on a mission for the CIA. He is un, he is such a cool customer. And uh, I, I, I think he's definitely one of those people that I'm, I'm most excited uh about his coming out party this weekend here at the Ryder Cup. Who do you fear most on the European side? You didn't ask me who I'm most excited for. You asked me about who the MVP will be. All right, all right, all right, go ahead. Uh, (laughs) Hey, who's doing the interview here? All right, who are you most excited for? I mean, I have to go with you, Beer. That's why why I had to chime in. Daniel Berger is, is, too, a special kind of player. I think he lives off the emotion he is a very emotional player which is why he's captivating in a situation like this and to your point of you've gotten to see it all week he doesn't turn it off um i think that when it comes to playing might uh in certain circumstances feel a little challenging uh his first day of playing but um yeah i so mvp scotty shuffler and uh most excited for uh daniel berger a lot of people though i've got to admit Bryson is working these crowds like nobody else, and good for him. I think that uh, with all the saga, the long-winded saga over this last year, um, I, I'm, I'm happy to see him being embraced and loved by the American fans. I mean, there is a notable, noticeable difference of how loud it gets for other players. I mean, even Jordan Spieth, who is the sweetheart of America, uh, Bryson is, is certainly playing the crowds, and uh, they are eating it all up. Who do you fear most on the other side? Fear most. Uh, well, I think everybody kind of has, you know, their pulse on John Rahm as the number one player in the world. Uh, he, he shows up for these events. He plays on the biggest stages the best. Uh, I'm excited for him, but I think, uh, again, MVP would be him. And then I, I'm kind of, it's, it's interesting to see the kind of last generation of the old school here with Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia. I think he'll play another Sergio that is. Um, and Ian Poulter. I mean, you, you, you can't replace that energy. He certainly on the European squad at the first tee, you know, everybody's trying to hype up the fans, but he just takes it to a whole different planet. And uh, who knows how many more he'll play on. He'll certainly be involved and captain a team eventually. But um, yeah, I'm most excited for him. And John Rahm is, no doubt the MVP for the Euros. All right, one more question. I don't know you well enough to know if you're a betting lady, but if you were, who are you betting on for this weekend? Is it Team USA or is it Team European? Well, it's treason if you are going to do anything but put your full heart behind the Americans. It's not going to be easy. Uh, Seven of the last nine for the Europeans. uh, You can look at the numbers on paper and 
the the world ranking of the United States team, but the heart is really hard to uh, manipulate, and the Europeans certainly have that. I do think there are some uh, questionable team things going on with the United States that have been well documented, but uh, I'm sensing a 15 and a half win by the United States. I love it. I love you, Chantel. You got to win. Yes. I'm all USA. I have my Mike Ruzioni jersey on today while I'm doing the show. I am just so fired up for Team USA. I'm sick of all the European coverage and the castle videos and hype USA! And stuff. USA! Yes, Wade, yes. Homer. I am a homer, that's for sure. All right, so Chantel, as we wrap, this is your first Ryder Cup experience. Describe it in one word. Majestic. Ooh. You are yeah. you you are awesome. I love your candor, and uh, I hope that everyone tunes in at seven p.m. on SiriusXM PGA Tour Network to hear the LPGA show because you're fantastic. Thanks so much for being on the pro show this afternoon. Yes, love it. Go USA. Absolutely. That's it. It was a majestic interview there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Take me into the break because we're fast approaching four p.m. Thanks for listening to the ESPN nine twenty. Everybody coming back up to wrap up today's show with the weekly update. Ryder Cup edition. Baby, how you feeling? The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it. 650 G's. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks... Why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects sticks and hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun, and you're listening to ESPN 920. You know, let's say you're out in Wisconsin and you want to listen to the pro show. Well, hit us up on 920ESPNNewJersey.com and hit that Listen Now button. You can hear us globally. And if you miss us, shame on you, but you know you can hear the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon. There's a whole list of those platforms. Hit me up on Twitter this weekend or we'll be having some fun for the Ryder Cup. As for now, looks like Wade's trying to create the atmosphere that was the first tee this morning. Welcome to the jungle, Europe. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. right there. That was this morning. I mean, I know they went with the standbys like Neil Diamond, but that that right there. Give me a little of that. Give me a little Thunderstruck. That's going to wake you up. A little welcome to the Terror Dome. You know, I mean, I'm talking bring Europe into that atmosphere and uh, let's see how you do. Yeah, show them what's what. 
That's it. That's what they say, right? Yeah, give them, you know, give them a little uh, Enter Sandman. Oh yeah. You know, Marion Rivera coming out of the bullpen. Imagine if he walked out of the tunnel this morning, right? With a little Enter Sandman. Sure. Place would just go. It would be insane. Intimidated the hell uh, out of them. I mean, we might, you and I might be slightly biased. Maybe. With maybe. our with our pinstripe passion, but Correct. still. Speaking of passion, how about I introduce you all to the new P790 irons? An iron is more than metal. It's the result of countless hours of research, testing, and player feedback. From concept to delivery, every step is taken with one goal in mind. Delivering results when you need them most. I don't know, like a Ryder Cup, right? Where our metal meets your metal. With a forged face and speed foam air for more speed and better feel. Get fit for the all-new P790 irons and discover the player they'll push you to become. Check them out, and to find a fitter near you, go to TaylorMadeGolf.com. Well, Mr. Wade Weezer, this afternoon for our weekly update, in honor of the Ryder Cup, I thought we would get to know the team members just a little more intimately. Okay. How do you feel about that? I would be very happy to be intimate with them. All right, well, let's see if you're on your game. We're going to start... To figure out who these European 12 are that our men are competing against this weekend. We're going to start with Terrell Hatton. Terrell, this is his second Ryder Cup. He went 1-2-0. and uh, Those numbers mean he won one, he lost two, and he tied zero in his first experience in the Ryder Cup back in Paris. And uh, according to the European Tour content, that uh, he takes anger management classes. Who is daddy getting angry? <laughs> oh, Oh, we're starting hot. I love it. Well, speaking of another hot one, how about Tommy Fleetwood? He was also there in Paris mm-hmm. and uh, made a big deal because he went 4-1-0. and uh, this week, it seems like if you've seen him in the press conferences, especially the other day when they were wearing the Packers colors, it, it seems like he's channeling his inner Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and, years uh, for me are career years for most. It's yeah. just the facts, bro. <laughs> and hopefully, I, I hope he's tired. From the short week after Monday Night Football, yeah. that's for sure. Burned Weisberger. Um, his name's Burned, and he's a rookie on the team. I see that. And they did a big content piece this week, the European Tour, where they numbered everyone that had ever played on a Ryder Cup team. And he's the last one to join the team at number 164. And, uh, you know, based on the pairings today, I think he's also going to be the last one to see the course. So, Burned, sorry. But, um, you know, everyone has a role on this team. Matt Fitzpatrick, he had a rough time in 2016 at Hazeltine, so we welcome him back with open arms there in Wisconsin. He was uh, 0-2-0 there when the when the U.S. did win back there in 2016. Um, according to his bio, he likes socializing, Sheffield United, and mm-hmm. Ted Lasso. Oh, okay, he's got good taste then. Take it for what it is. Victor Hovland, everybody's all over this hot rookie, I tell you. He is, he's the one that everyone wants to get paired with. And uh, if you've been watching social media, uh, it seems like all the other wives and girlfriends are the ones that want to be paired with him as well. I mean, Jesus, Wade, they're all over him. It's, this guy's not that hot. <laughs> I don't know, man. There was, a, there was one picture, and he has this great, like, he, he does have this really great infectious smile. It goes okay. ear to ear, and he kind of squints when he does it. It's, it's perfect. And he's standing there with, like, 16 women in gowns. It was just fantastic. It's awesome. Oh, the uh, the elder statesman of the whole festivities, Lee Westwood, playing in his 11th. But in the previous 10, he's won 120, lost 18, and tied six. His first Ryder Cup was back in the 1997. 
Wow. He's 48, so you and I aren't going to crack any jokes about him. We're not. Um, at one time in his life, though, he was presented the honorary doctorate of science, of science mm-hmm. from the Nottingham Trent University. In Nottingham. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you know who gave it to him? I, sure. I think it was Robin wow. Hood. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Shane Lowry, another rookie. He's the 2019 Open champion, and uh, word on the street is he's still celebrating. I would be, too. Yep. Paul Casey. Uh, his is this is his fifth Ryder Cup, four, three, and five. His caddy's name is Johnny Longsocks McLaren. <laughs> Johnny great. Longsocks. I love I that. I don't just just giving you some insights. Rory McIlroy, you know, uh, this is his sixth Ryder Cup, eleven, nine, and four. He left school at age sixteen to focus on golf, and his daughter's name is Poppy. Sergio, the man we love to hate. Tenth uh, Ryder Cup. He's twenty-two, twelve, and seven. His father, he's played on nine. PGA Tour Champions events, and Sergio became the club champion at his home club when he was 12. That's the only nice things I'm ever going to say about Sergio. Wow. Yeah. And John Rahm, the number one player in the world, Captain COVID. Did I say that out loud? You did. Oh, sorry. Uh, this is his second Ryder Cup. The first one he went 1-2-0. and oh. I'm expecting a similar result. Uh, he enjoys soccer, canoeing, high lie, and kung fu. And COVID, apparently. Yes. <laughs> twice in the past four months. Oh, Not to make fun, but twice in four months. You almost have to try to catch it. Well, we can't leave out the one, the only, Ian Poulter. Captain Europe here, of course, you know, with the bug eyes and everything, right? Uh, seventh time, six times prior, 14, six and two. Uh, you, you know, this guy, this is the guy that when you played intramural basketball in college, he was like guarding you up and down the court. Sure. It's like, buddy, it's you are not on your high school team in Montana. Go away. All right. Well, he's got three wins on the PGA Tour. He's ranked 50th in the world. And this week he might as well be Tiger Woods. Right. So I don't know. I think we've ripped on him enough. Let's get over to the American USA, side. USA. Nice. I love the homer. All right. Harris English. He's a rookie. He's, you know, he's one of the more exciting guys on the PGA Tour. His favorite pastime is watching Jeopardy. Really? Yeah. So he's a thinker. Um, He could be of the contemplative sort. Hey, let's hit another rookie here. Scotty Scheffler. We brought him up in the interview. He was born in Ridgewood, New Jersey. I like this guy Jersey's even more. Up. If he can keep a handle on Bryson, we'll be doing good. Now, Patrick Cantley. You know we love Patrick Cantley. Another rookie. FedEx Cup champion. Player of the year. Two words there, Wade. Patty Ice. Ooh. That's right. And his partner in crime, the one, the only, Xander Schauffele. Another rookie, but yet a golf's gold medalist and a whole lot more. That's right. My fingers are getting tired. X and Ice are going to give it to them all weekend. <laughs> That's my MVP team right there. Oh, Tony Finau, where he be now? Well, this is his second Ryder Cup. And, uh, you know, his first sport was fire knife dancing. It's a Samoan ritual. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He also finished second on Golf Channel's Big Break Disney. Did you know he came through the Big Break? No, huh? that's crazy. Yeah, he's a food lover. And if not for being a professional golfer, he'd be a chef. Well, let's hope he can cook up a little victory this weekend. Tony Fino! We be now! Oh, man. This guy, this guy might be my favorite American, Daniel Berger. He's a rookie. He turned pro after his sophomore year at FSU. And, uh, He's been known to load the lip up a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. So I hope the team brought enough skull for him because this guy is a train oh, killer. I love this guy. I meant what I said before. Anyone that I love, I keep away from this guy this week. He, he is there for one reason and one reason only. And he, they partner him up with his fellow Seminole, Brooks Kepka, who's in his third Ryder Cup, 4-3-1. and one. You know, Brooks' favorite sports teams are Manchester United, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Green Bay Packers. 
He enjoys naps, video games, and when it's time to wind down. I'm banking on Burger. That's what I'm doing. All right. Oh, well, you know, without Brooks, we can't have a Ryder Cup without his buddy Bryson. This is his second Ryder Cup. He's 0-3-0. Wasn't a good time in Paris. But he's using this weekend to prepare for the World Long Drive Championships taking place starting on Tuesday. Seems like a good place to prep. Mm -hmm. All right. DJ, in his fifth Ryder Cup, the elder statesman of the American side, 7-9-0. Not the best record, but he's succinct. He's quiet. And, uh, you know, he's also married to Paulina Gretzky, so not bad. 0.0. His partner in crime, it seems, this week is Colin Morikawa, the rookie. You know, he's won two major championships while debuting in that event. Did I mention he's a rookie this week? Yes. Yeah, I love it. All right, Jordan Spieth. We got to get to our last two Americans quickly here. Jordan Spieth, fourth Ryder Cup, seven, five, and two in the previous three. He's our team leader. His middle name is Alexander. He hates doing laundry, and he married his high school sweetheart Annie. Lastly, our emotional leader of Team USA, Justin Thomas. This is his second Ryder Cup. The first one in Paris, he went four, one, and zero. Probably our only bright spot. You know, he was raised by a father and a grandfather who were PGA professionals, near and dear to my heart. That's for sure going to help him. And that's your Pro Show Ryder Cup update for the week ending September 24th, 2021. The sponsors, real quick, TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brands. Next week, we have the tournament director of the LPGA Cognizant Founders Cup, Scott Wood, joining us to tell us all about what's going to happen there in a couple weeks. Wade Weezer, Team USA, let's go, man. Most importantly, you know I love my listeners. Now, before I go... I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about facing a big moment. Our level of performance equals our amount of preparation. Exceed your expectations in practice, and you'll exceed everyone else's with your performance. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.